Hey guys, it's Brian Jodas from Pick Up The Six Podcast. Guys, men, listen up. My friends and partners over at NGBN.TV are committed to you in providing content specifically for men and men's mental, physical, and emotional health. We're hosting a groundbreaking virtual conference on January 7th, and I'm personally inviting you to attend. I'll be there hosting the event all day. The conference is called Men Striving to Thriving. This will be a transformative program that will help you make 2023 the best year of your life so far. And it's not just a kick-ass five-hour conference, it's more. The conference on January 7th will kick off your eight-week journey. So not only will you hear from experts on the 7th, you'll then receive eight weeks of tailored weekly reinforcement and motivational emails. You'll also get access to four coaching sessions and you'll be invited to an exclusive online community that will have all of the conference and program materials. So are you willing to start this journey? The entire eight-week program, including the five-hour virtual conference on January 7th, is only $179. But if you use our exclusive code PICK610, P-I-C-K-S-I-X, and the number 10, PICK610, and the number 10, you can register today for only 159 bucks. We're saving you money just like that on an amazing program. Go to ngbn.tv news, and you'll see the conference link at the very top. We also have the link to register here in our show notes. Kick off 2023 with eight weeks that could change your life and join the Men Striving to Thriving movement with ngbn.tv. Hey guys, before this episode, I don't usually do it this way. Uh, oftentimes I prepare something, right? We write something out and we read an intro, but I'm just going to do this one off the cuff because I just got done recording this episode with Tommy Chong and you're thinking of Chi Chen and yes, that Tommy Chong. And we have just a, a really incredible conversation. It's the only way I can explain it. We go in a lot of different directions. I don't know that I necessarily agree with Tommy on everything, but I just wanted to hear his heart, hear his purpose, uh, hear his perspective. The guys lived an incredible life. He was born in 1938 in the middle of the depression. He has this really tough upbringing, but he's got just, as you would assume, uh, just a really incredible, unique, but deep perspective on life. And a friend of mine uh, had him on his show and said, Hey, you know, Tommy does interviews. And I, I think you guys would have a very interesting conversation, especially about sort of his views on faith and God. And so we talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, obviously, we cover a lot of territory. And uh, it was it really was a delight uh, to talk to him uh, and just hear, hear his heart and hear his, uh, hear his perspective. And so this is a bit of a different episode than what you're probably accustomed to here. It's going to be our last one of the year. And it's kind of a fitting way to round the year out with something that we've never really done before. And to talk to a guy that's a little bit different than maybe our traditional guests. Um, but, but unique and interesting nonetheless. So enjoy my incredible conversation with Tommy Chong. All right, guys, Brian Jodis back once again for another episode of pick up the six podcast. We got so much to get to. I'm thrilled to have Tommy Chong on the show today. And this is one that my friend, Jason Skisek was like, dude, you should have Tommy on. I said, you think he would be down to, he said, he's the best. He loves to do these. So we're going to get into that in a moment. I will say sure. off the top, this is our sort of last show of the year, right? So we're recording this, we're going to air it. Uh, and then we're going to take a little you know, week or two off, right? For the holidays and, 
recharge the batteries, be back, ready to roll in 2023. So who better to round the year up than Tommy Chong, man? Just welcome, brother. Good to have you. Oh, good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah. And just think about it. I was just getting used to being in the year 22. It feels like it was like a month, man. What happened this year? Now we're into 23. I know. 23. Maybe. Do you think, do you think, and I, my theory is 20 and 21 kind of felt like they took a while. Things slowed down, right? Things stopped. I feel like I blinked in 2022 is like out the window in the rear view. It's wild. Well, well, it was a pandemic. I think they said, Oh, you know, okay. Masks on. And uh, next thing you know, it's a year went by. Yeah. And, and, you know, doing time, like when I was in, in, in prison, when you first go in, you, you, Oh, you think you can't even think of of what getting out. The the date seems like you're, you're, you're just, Okay, okay, I got to learn. It's a learning process. And then, uh, and and that's how you look at it. See, that's why prisons, you know, that's why a lot of crimes are committed in order for the people to go back to prison. You know, they say, why? That's a stupid crime. Why would he do that? Why would, you know why? Because prison's the only place, committing a crime and being incarcerated is the only way for some people to get health care, some people to get uh, uh, a decent meal, uh, in uh, protection. Think about when you go to wow. prison, man, you're protected. Yeah. And, yeah. and you got people with, with weapons walking around, uh, making sure that no one else messes, gets out of line. So you're, you're safe. And, and unless you unless you go looking for it, uh, unless you've been there for a while, know the system. But for the most part, everybody's really calm and quiet and laid back in prison. And so that's why a lot of these carjackings and, and weird crimes take place because the guy, they don't give a shit, you mm. know, put me in jail, you know. And a lot of p- times it's uh, mental illness that's mm. crying for some kind of help, you know. That's why a lot of these uh, rage killings and that you know is is people that are ill and 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 they and they need help and there's no help there's nowhere to go to get help except it's interesting right because not only does it speak to the reform that i think and we're just gonna jump right into it right the reform on the inside of the prison system i think we're over incarcerating too many people i think we're probably spending a ton of money when why don't we get some rehab on the outside right like why can't we provide some of those things you're talking about guys wanting to go back in needing to access to some care needing to go back in. did you meet some guys that that was the reality for them yes ton of them ton of them i met some of the most intelligent people i've ever known in my life there you know wolf of wall street you know mm-hmm. he was he was in there he's a genius the guy is a genius no he's a criminal sure you know sure yeah. he, he figured out how to, you know he's like a donald trump you know uh, in, in so many ways, Trump is a genius, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he, he's misguided. Let's go back, man. Cause I want to talk about, <laughs> right. Where Tommy Chong comes from, because I think it's a very interesting story. You're talking about 1938, Alberta, Canada, right. Yeah, and makes- as it's, we're approaching Christmas, uh, I kind of think, uh, away in a manger, you talked about like being born, like in <laughs> like a manger, right? Like yeah, basically well, like a bar. Tell me the story. 
I was uh, when 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 I was born. My dad had acquired a, what do you call those? A homestead. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were given homesteads away, the land, but you had to live on them, and you had to create some kind of farm or some kind of business. And the, the only structure on our property was a, was an old chicken coop. And and so they, they fixed the chicken coop so you could live in it, you know, uh, bedrooms and, yeah. you know, I think probably a bed and a stove and uh, always outhouses. You and it got to be like a central, like wood burning stove in the middle that kept the whole thing. Yeah. If, yeah. It had to be that goes up in Edmonton, uh, up in uh, yeah. uh, outside of Edmonton. And, um, and that's where we lived until my dad, because he couldn't make it. He tried to raise turkeys. I heard. You know, they never talked. My, my sure. parents, you know, no one yeah. ever really. I got a little bit out of my mother. Just mom my kind of talking on the side story, and, so. yeah, picking things but up. You, you, don't, you don't dwell on the bad, you know. And so yeah. they, they had a, a tough time with the turkey ranch. My dad was during the Depression, well, 38, uh, when I was born in the 30s, you know, the Depression. And so my dad was a uh, pool shark. He could play uh, pool. Uh, and he made a a bit of a living and he was also a gambler and uh, he was a good athlete. Hmm. He was short, but he was a really good athlete. And so he was a physical guy. And so when his, his buddies joined the Canadian army, my dad went along, joined the army too. And so we had to move from the, from the Turkey ranch chicken coop into Edmonton, into the city to stay with relatives, I believe. And I was a baby. So I, yeah, I, yeah. you're I, really like, but we had to move our belongings on a hay wagon with a horse-drawn hay wagon. And uh, we had all our belongings. And then my mother told me the story that uh, while she had the little turkey farm, they had, you know, they had a pet crow. Okay. Yeah. She started feeding this pet crow. This young crow would come by to get food and then pretty soon it would land. She was... My, my my I found out later that my mother was eight twenty uh, some odd percent native. Her mother was uh, half native, and so my mother was a quarter, and and so she had that native and probably a cinnaboy. I'm not sure yet. We're we're, we're checking it out. Mm. But so she had that she had that native uh, uh, gene in her. You yeah. know the whole thing, and so uh, so when we're riding the hay wagon, the crow, the pet crow, was kind of. What are we doing? Where are you going? And he followed the he followed the hay wagon for for a, a day and a night. I was gonna say, how do you how do you keep a pet crow? But I mean, I suppose if it's it was wild, it's it got wild. some loyalty and it yeah, it, it, it just came to get fed. It just followed wherever you went. Yeah, you yeah. And, and that's <laughs> that's what it did. And then then I think it met a probably met a, a, a female crow or something. Mm. You know? Headed <laughs> off for green. Oh, back. okay. See you later. <laughs> See you guys later. Hey, so <laughs> you got some adversity up. though, when you're really young though, right? Like hospital stint four or five years old. Oh yeah. You've had yeah. to probably piece that story together too, right? Just from talking to people. So tell me about that. Well, well, my mother got TB uh, somewhere. My dad went, he, my dad went to war. My mother got TB. We went to live with, oh, our Ukrainian relatives. Really? This is where the Ukraine wow. coming in. Yeah. My mother's sisters married, both of them, let's see. No, one of them married a Ukrainian 
And then one of the cousins, my mother's cousins, married the brother, Iwasik. They were from the Ukraine. Yeah. And uh, and while my dad was overseas in the army, we stayed at uh, the old lady's farm in somewhere in Manitoba, I guess, or Saskatchewan. And that's where my brother, older brother, he tried to chop off my finger. <laughs> Uh, he was chopping wood. My, I tell people now, my brother, he was a, an adult. When he was eight years old, he, he had carried wow. water and carried wood. And, you know, he was built. He was muscular and strong and, and, and tough as nails. Stop oh. it. Stop it. Family That's dog so makes an appearance here on the show. All good? No, the, the, the blower is in here again. I, I think you. the blower needs me to tell him that, okay, that's good. He's been through it once already. He's doing it again. I got you. But, we're, we're, oh, my brother. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you chop your finger living, off? No, but we were uh, at, on the farm, you know, the Ukrainian farm. And uh, my brother was chopping kinlin. And I was a three, maybe. Anyway, I wanted to to chop. I wanted, oh man, I saw that axe in the wood. I was fascinated. I wanted it. And my brother says, you put your finger there, I'll chop it off. And so I put my finger there and wham. <laughs> but instead of this way, it came down this way. It came, you know, uh, what mm -hmm. do you call it? Yeah, that way. I still got the scar. Yeah, and but you lucked no out. There's no hospital. So my uh, Ukrainian uh, uncle, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the, the mother, the grandma, Bobushka, she uh, did a Ukrainian job on it. She took some wood, yep. put a wood splint, wrapped it up, and good as new. Away you go. Yeah. That's crazy. So how did you end up in the hospital, though, at, a, at an early, right? Did you have a stint? Okay, you were well, in there for a while? The Ukrainians, like I say, one of them was a fur trapper. And he lived in the mountains uh, in in BC, and I think that's where my mom contracted uh, TB. Mm. He got it there, and uh, because we were going from one relative to another, while my dad was overseas fighting in the war, and uh, and so uh, my mom got TB, and when she got TB, she had to be put in a sanitarium, and uh, when they put her in the sanitarium. They, they, you know, all the family got checked and they found a, a spot on my lung. It wasn't TB, but it was a pleurisy. Mm. And so they, uh, I got put in the general hospital and I got, uh, they just give me a penicillin every day in the butt. They, I, one time I got three needles a day and then and it went down to one, one needle. And then, then they let me out. Then I got out. And when I got out, uh, my dad had nowhere to put us. So, so we we're in the Salvation Army home, the orphanage. And so we lived there for, I was there for about a year. Mm. My brother was in there for a couple of years. Did your mom, did your did she pass during that time? Oh, what? no, no. Oh, she good. stayed in the sanitarium. She wow. was isolated. We couldn't see her. I never saw her. For, we never saw her for five, uh, about five years, I guess. Holy cow. And this is, no, let's see. But three, maybe three years. Still, though, yeah, it's a pretty big chunk for little kids. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. we and, and uh, no hugs, no, nothing, you know. No. And then we had my aunt. We had aunts that, that took care of us, kind of. 
you know. But I wasn't going to school then anyway. And then when I started going to school, then my mom got out of the, out of the hospital. And I, my aunt lived there for a while. My mom always had her, my granddad, her dad. He came. She always he was, had family close, right? Oh, yeah. Some well, that's all you got. That's all yeah. you got. You know. when, and, when, uh, when was the first time you picked up a guitar? Because I know early in those days, music gets introduced and you're, you're kind of hooked on it. it. Obviously, it becomes a huge part of your life, right? Playing music, writing songs. I mean, the whole Cheech and Chong experience oh, yeah. built around music. So where's that, that, where's that entertainer, started, entrepreneur guy? It started when I was um, about eight, 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 nine years old. Uh, when we moved into our house, when we finally got the family together, we moved into our house. We had, it was a, you know, outdoor plumbing. It was a, a little bungalow, but it was a house. My dad got a job driving truck. He, he became a truck driver. And uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, you know. They had to wash her clothes by hand and hang them on the line to dry. And, you know, heat for bath, you had to heat, the, the, melt the snow and then heat the water on the stove and then, take it off and put it down and then be the uh, what, the third one or fourth to use the bath water. Wow. Well, we <laughs> yeah. like to complain a lot. We got it pretty good around here, don't we? <laughs> no kidding. Man. And then, uh, and, and that was, that's how I grew up. Until, but my mom, when she was pregnant with me, she bought a guitar, cheap guitar. And of course, back in the day, every, all your belongings went with you. And there weren't that, that many, you know, you never gave anything to anybody. They gave it to you, if anything. Mm -hmm. But you never needed any. What do you need? And so we always had the basic. But she had this little guitar, and and I found it. Uh, and then and I had to repair it. It fell apart. It was a little Sears guitar. Do you still and, have it? Yeah, I got it. That's awesome. And, and it uh, that's awesome. Had a little hula girl on the on the front. Yeah, and, just a little uh, picking, right? Couple chords on it. Nothing crazy. No, what she would do, she couldn't play it. So, but she she took a few lessons. But she would hold it against her stomach and strum it when when I when she was carrying me. And so when I got out, when I was about after I got out of the home, and uh, oh, I know what it was. We got a radio. That was the only okay. thing we. No, once we got the radio, I kind of <coughs> took charge of the radio. I had to have that radio on. <laughs> so I, I started hearing music and that. And then I found out I had a bit of an ear for music. We'd go visit my cousin, and he had a 12-bass uh, uh, accordion that his parents bought him, you know, to get him to play accordion. Well, he just kept it in his room. But every time I'd go over there, I'd pull it out of the case and sit there and, and play it and play it and learn tunes on it. And I got so good, they ended up. One time I was leaving, they said, oh, don't forget your accordion. <laughs> and they gave it to me. <laughs> My cousin didn't play it. And I played it every time right. I was over there. And so they ended up giving me the accordion. But I was never, I never looked at it like I got to learn it. It was, a, I looked at it like, oh, I can play it. This is fun, mm -hmm. you know. And then I started diddling around with the guitar. And I, and I, you know, I learned a few chords. And then, um, and then there was a fiddle player uh, uh, across the field, and uh, and he taught me. He he found out I could play, and I, so he taught me enough that I could. When his guitar player never showed up, he would get call on me. Yeah, and you were and how I old? I was eight. 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 Playing with like eight. a real band. 
And then I was playing dances. I was playing uh, house parties. And I'd sit there and play uh, all night. And this is the greatest time. Oh, it was so much fun. Well, hard work. It was hard, you know. I mean, you, 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 I kept yeah. time. And, and that's yeah. what he said. He, he gave me, what do you say? He says, uh, uh, keep it simple. Because if I start doing sure. anything fancy, you say, yeah, keep it simple. You don't want that beat, that back beat. And give the people what they want. All right. So this is 1946-ish, right? If you're eight yeah. years old. Yeah. What did they want? What were you guys playing? What were these? As much as you can remember, uh, uh, right? Devil's, what were these shows like? The Devil's, Devil's Dream. Okay. In the Mood. Okay. Um, there's a few more songs, but a lot of uh, Irish jigs. Okay. That was a shatish. That was a big dance, too, that everybody would do at least once a night. Twice mm -hmm. a day, you know, it was a the Irish, Irish right. dance. We had Irish in our in our family, and it was a fiddle player, and he just played for house parties. Yeah, and he was a uh, he was any a, singers all just sort of instrumental kind of no singers, yeah. no singers yet. And they were just playing they, music for people to dance and have a good time too. Just, just you know, and that was that's what I learned that keep you know keep the rhythm because I wasn't just a guitar player. Hey, would you like it to? Remember Rhythm the movie? Again. Remember the movie The Titanic when they're all yeah. down in the bottom, right? And they're playing music and they're dancing, yeah. kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just it loved was... it, right? Even at an early then, age, you're like, "This is for oh, me." No, it was a, it was a necessary part of our lives. I mean, you because you were making some money off of it. Your family needed it, right? No, no, I was making a penny with the with the with the dance, not a penny. No, just it was it. Fun. it was fun. It was a party. And, and you know, yeah, they dance. Oh, I never got. If you ever got paid, well, you'd buy a drink, maybe. Yeah. You know? Get a pop oh, or something. But no, no, that that pay. It was funny. And then, as years went, you know, uh, then I went to army cadets, and then the native. Uh, I, I met a native, uh, full-blooded Sarsi uh, Indian, uh, name of Dick Bird, and uh, he 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 sang, he mm -hmm. sang, he sang country songs mostly. Uh, Hank, um, Hank Snow, mm. the gold rush is over. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Gold rush is over. So honey, bye-bye. Stake out your claim now on some other guy. I've wined you and dined you, but my money's all gone. Gold big mama, you can start moving on. <laughs> That's still a good song today. That thing holds up. Oh, man. Oh well, that's that song. Song is eternal. Yeah, you get close to music. Sure, music. Some, some things close. don't fade, right? No, no. Music will put you right next to God. Hmm. Because think about this: music is eternal. The note C has always been here. There's never been a time in this universe, or any universe, where the note C did not be the note C. C, D, E, F. And, and you notice the scale. You hit C, and if you go a little sharp, it'll be C sharp, or C flat, or C, A, B, or B, C, D. It could be, or the next tone is D. D's always been here. Z, D, F, G has always been here. Those sounds have always been here eternally. 
And so when you put them together and you create music, now you're you're playing with God. That's God. I had a feeling you were going to provide me some of these moments where I would just sort of whoa. And that's, I mean, that's something to think about. And I'm I'm serious. Like languages have changed. The way we talk have changed. The, yeah. the fact that a simple plug on a string that creates a sound that is music, to your point, like it's forever. Yeah. And it, that will never change, no matter how never, no matter the technology, right? Auto-tuning, all of these different ways to produce music. Just make it better. Just make it better. Now, what I do when I go when, at night, uh, I'll, I'll put on the story of Mozart. Mm. There's a, a show, I think it's on Slang or one of those uh, channels. It's, it's Mozart. And they tell the story of Mozart by having different uh, orchestras and singers and that sing Mozart songs. And as they sing the song, they will narrate what Mozart was doing at the time when he wrote this particular piece and what he was in his life and what was going on. And when you hear that, oh my God. And he was only like, he was writing music when he was five. Mm -hmm. Like eight years old, he'd written all these symphonies. I mean, it's just mind blowing this guy. And so it was God, really. We, this is, this is it. This is appearing as a, a, a young child playing music and, and, orchestrating the music to fit the mood of the day. And you dance to Mozart. Operas, they sing to Mozart. And, and so, so we got that. And then when you have Mozart or classical musical fans, that's what you got. You talk about religion. You talk about, you know, people being devout or devout. Mm -hmm. You go to a classical music. And where they, most of them are being held in like a lot of them are being held in you go to europe go to church you, you go to paris you want to have some good entertainment check out the classical music section and there'll always be a concert going somewhere in the church mm -hmm. so so i mean and, and knowing this and then being able to play you know being able to because that's what i do it's so funny because I, 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 you know, then I evolved from the country music, and you know, then I hooked up with a, a ex-slave descendant up in Canada. Uh, he, um, uh, his ancestors, you know, they went up to Canada to get away from Texas. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and he was a singer and a football player, and so he turned me on to the blues. He turned mm -hmm. me on to uh, to all the good muddy waters and all mm -hmm. the good stuff. Bo Diddley. By the way, Bo Diddley, you know, you know where the name, where the word Bo Diddley means? No, tell me. Okay, it's what they call when the back in the day the slaves to make a sound they would get a haywire, okay. <clears throat> and they would nail one end to one end of the barn and then string it to a, a good way, maybe fifteen or so feet, <clears throat> and then nail it, nail it down, and put a bridge underneath that one wire. And then they would hit it either with a uh, with a stick, stick or a strummet with a pick, and that was called a bow diddly. That was called a bow diddly, yeah. And that's where he derived his name for the career. Yeah. This is, again to your point though, right? Like that that element of music, that element of creating sound to get you through, right? To get them through whatever tasks or jobs or, or right. It's why there was so much singing. In yeah. That. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Man. That's God. Yeah. That's your energy. 
Yeah. When you got that energy, when you got that God energy around you, uh, all of a sudden you're not tired, you're not depressed, you're not, you know, you're not living yeah. in the past. You, yeah. you, you're vibrant. You're vibrant. You, you, like, like you take any guitar, you know, if it's out of tune, you know, you hit it, it sounds flaccid. You know, there's no sound or nothing, but you tune it. And the closer, the more in tune it begins, the more alive it becomes. And the next thing you know, when it's perfectly in tune, whoa. That's why when you go to concerts and, and you hear them, they get an A, usually an A, and then all of a sudden everybody's hitting that A. Mm -hmm. Sort and of then, all over the place, sound a little bit like Yeah, then you hear right? that and then it all comes together. And, and, it's, and it's almost like God warming up, you know? Yeah. You know, clearing his throat, <laughs> getting ready, getting ready to lay that lay yeah. that that experience because that's what music is and that's what life is it's an experience, experience. all right experience. so when you say when you say god right what do you picture what do you picture that what is he for you because I, I i'm just interested in your perspective right and just just from hearing you just talking right what 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 is well, that element right well think about what god is you know what god really is a thought that's all we are. We are a thought. We're not really this human form. This is what we've evolved in in order to learn a, a, a lesson, seeing being human. But I can see us, I can see myself being a blade of grass. It's alive, it has soul, it, has, it needs love, it needs care, it needs a lot of things. If you don't do it, it'll die. One blade. Or even a grain of sand. Little grain of sand. Tiny little grain of sand. It's all alone. But you put enough of them together, you get a rock. And you put more of them together, you get a mountain. Or a world. So, it's, it's, that's what God is. It's a thought. Now, the more you think of God, and the more God becomes real, then all of a sudden you see God everywhere. Mm. You see him in the painting, you hear him in the, and then when you learn that we only learn from our mistakes, then you start realizing how you can forgive those that trespass against you. Because all you're doing is witnessing mistakes. It's just a mistake. It's not real. It's just a mistake. And so it's a thought. So it, and that's the easiest thing to do, to keep a pure thought. It's easy. It's easy. Unless you're distracted by your ignorance. Now, your ignorance will distract you. Because your ignorance is saying, I don't understand. Why? What? What's going on? What do you, what? What? Hold on just a minute. I'm not, I'm not through being this ignorant over here. You know, it, it, it's weird. And it usually takes some kind of serious shit that happens to you, you know, where people all of a sudden they see the light, you know, all of a sudden they get, they get it, you know. That's why forgiveness is so important. Mm. It's so important. Because did you, have a, did you have a light moment ever in your life or have you always kind of felt this way? Oh, no, no, I've evolved through this. Mm. Oh, no, I have no clue. But I always 
I learned really real early because I had nobody. No, you know, like I said, I never had that family unit, you know. Not that that it would have made a difference. I, I doubt if it would have, you know. I no, I I've evolved to the point where I understand my mission. I went to Bible camp, and I think that was probably the most uh, influential time of my life. I was eight, nine years old. <clears throat> no, actually, I was, let's see, I guess I was about 11, 12. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing 10, 11. Yeah, kind of some formidable yeah. years there, right? Were you yeah. really starting to be able to put we're, things we're, together? My brother and I are walking down a, a, a country road barefoot yeah, sure <laughs> did he he didn't have an axe with uh, him on this occasion uh not this no, he became a, a knife thrower <laughs> well okay. see when we grew up we never had toys right you just never had never, the outdoors uh, and stuff yeah uh, he had a there was a baseball field that the the men used yep but there was no organized kids little leagues or anything and so kids were just you, you, you just go play. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And so we'd make up our own shit. That's how I got into acting, you know, because I, I love playing with the girls because they played uh, house, you know, and they pretend, okay, you're the father. And, and, and so we would do these acting games yeah. that would go days all summer one time, you know, sure. just get together and, and, and we just act. We just play act, you know, play house, play yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. And so my brother and I were walking down this country road. <laughs> we saw a car coming. And when you see a car in the country, it's like, whoa, what's, what's, what's it? Look at a car, you know. And, and it rolled up to us. And it says, <clears throat> there were missionaries inside. And they said, hey, you kids want to go to a Bible camp? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and my brother said, okay. And so we got in the car and we drove back to our house and got our mother's permission. And, you know, we had to sign everything. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then we packed some of our stuff, got in the car, and they took us to a church where we uh, sp spent the night. And first time I'd been around a flush toilet. <laughs> it's a big uh, time. And, uh, and uh, did they, I don't think they had a bath, though. I know they had the flush toilet. And, and then we got on the bus and rode to Bible camp. And then when we got there, it was quite a trip couple hours and then when we got there um we got our tents we were assigned to tents and then the, the one of the camp counselors come in and he taught us how to pray and uh and it, it was just so it was what i needed I, I know it was ordained it was like you know that's and that's way that's the way uh it works you know those guys when they were going around they, they were sent they were sent to get me, you know. That's way it was, you know. That that that's just wasn't on accident. No coincidence. No, yeah. no, no. I'm not a big believer in coincidence. <clears throat> oh, what is a coincidence? And there's always a, a reason. <laughs> yeah. I, so my my belief is that uh, coincidence is an act where God takes some action and chooses to remain anonymous about the outcome. <laughs> yeah. That's one way yeah. to look at it, right? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that yeah, that works. Yeah. When you well, but well, what Bible really, what Bible camp really gave me, 
was the 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 pure joy that they talk about you know that 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 beautiful feeling when all you're doing really just think about this i'm eight nine years old all i do all day was study about god and jesus and well it was a christian church or yeah so so they had a lot of the the, the Jesus stories, mm-hmm. which I love. I loved all the stories. I love all the Bible stories. Uh, I love because all, all of them have meaning, you know. So you mentioned and, the sort of that piece, right? In that study and in learning that, and right. I guess my question is then, right? So you 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 got some principles kind of instilled in those days, oh, and you totally. go through a lot of harder times later in life, right? Incarceration, battle with cancer, yeah. Right? How, how how much of that did you lean on? Right? Or is, have you always been having those conversations with God? Have you always found moments in There's quiet no, time to have prayer? When, when you when you know where you're going, it doesn't matter what happens to you on the way. You know, it, it can be whatever you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, is it's whatever you make it. You know, it can be thrilling or it can be scared. You can be scared shitless. But you're only scared. See, that's why these great athletes or these daredevils, you know, the people that they're so close to God, you know, because it, it, they're ordained to do what they're doing, you know. And there's, there's you're not going to lose anything. I, I, I seen saw something, you know, these guys that do the, the, the trick uh, skiers, yeah. you know, they yeah. go and they do all these flips and everything. Well, they got a group of them. They're all in wheelchairs. Because they all got screwed up doing doing their tricks. Now they're in wheelchairs. And guess what? They're doing the same tricks in a wheelchair. Because that's their purpose, right? That's what they're here that's to do. What, that's, that's what they're here to do. They're that's doing what, what they're, they're here to do. do. Yeah. You see? And, and that's their job. That's their thing. That's what they're doing. And we're, we're all going to do it. Because eternity means there's nothing but time to do everything, to experience everything. And so when we're lucky enough to be evolved or, or to be aware of this, that's why the mystics always, ever see mystics without a smile or a little glint, you know, the mystics, yeah. the, you know, yeah. um, the Deepak Chopras, the, you know, those, those evolved. Where they just, they're living on almost like a higher level. They're just, it's just the twinkle and the sadness and the love that comes out of them. It just radiates. It radiates, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's because of their knowledge. It's knowledge. Knowledge is king. Knowledge rules. Yeah. That's interesting. Hey, one more thing before we go, because I don't want to take up all your time. I feel like we could do this for hours. We'd have a blast doing it. At the beginning, you talked about forgiveness, and I think it's so important. And I and I, you know, I, I read your story, and I know that throughout moments of your life, you've had to to sort of come back to that, right? Like you're with a partner, you guys split up, you get sent to prison, you get cancer, you're able to come back together, right? Sort of reuniting with Cheech Marin later in life. So, what's that forgiveness journey like? And then also just like. What's life like now, man? Like, what's Tommy up to these days? Like, what's what what are, what are days like? It's so good. Life is so good. I mean, it's incredible. I got a son that 
lives in the surf uh, capital of Canada, which is Tofino, with his, uh, his surfer son and his genius wife who creates wind uh, uh, machines that wow. generates electricity. Yeah, yeah for real. Uh, they just bought a place in uh, Putamita, Mexico, oh, beautiful. Uh, next to a surf beach. And we were just there uh, for Thanksgiving with the, with the families. Uh, my other son, my, my manager's son, Paris, he's, uh, he's got his Indonesian wife here waiting on her, uh, waiting on her visas. And he's got a, a new daughter and, and then she's, they got uh, one daughter together and then they got, uh, he's got two stepdaughters uh, and they're going to school and they're just creating their Beautiful, got a got a nice little home here. Uh, my wife, who is Shelby, who's one of the seven wonders of the world, you know, because she's so beautiful <laughs> and so sexy. <laughs> and that, by the way, that's that's what I I had to cut back on uh, being a, a pervy old guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to I had to stop stop my. Um, my sexy repertoire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh shit! Oh, you're there. Okay. We're good. I'm still with you. I'm I'm running out of power here. No worries. I don't want to lose you. Yeah. Is yeah, your iPad so, is your iPad running out? Yeah, it's it's running out now. Oh, I either number. gotta plug it in or something. All right. I got I got a well. We'll say goodbye. A couple more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. So life yeah, is good. No, no, no. Life is, is great. It's always been good. It's yeah. always been good. Well, I'm just grateful, man, to have a chance to talk. I just thought about it. You know what? Life, life is a haircut. Okay. Life is a haircut. Lay it on me. Sometimes it's really good. <laughs> and sometimes not so good. But it's the same hair. It's all what you do with it. It's all what you do with it. Yeah. There's people that, uh, you know what, man? There's people that always try to reinvent themselves through their hairstyle, too. And it's kind of a metaphor for life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Well, you have to. You have to. And, 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 and it's honesty. You know, like, like Cheech, he, he tries so hard to keep his hair. And the harder he tried, the more it came out, you know? Yeah. Me, I, I couldn't give a shit one way or another. And uh, you still, still got all there. of it. You look great. <laughs> Brother, I think that's the perfect way to end it, man. Okay. Life is like a haircut. <laughs> I love it. That's a good first Forrest Gumper. It is. Love and respect <laughs> okay. to you, Tommy. Thanks so much for doing it. I love you, man. Love right, you. brother. It's Tommy Chong. That was a blast. I'm Brian Jodas. Hey. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. <laughs>